0: Hello and welcome to episode 175 of Relics of Ore. I'm your host Greibach, and joining me this evening are my fantastic co-hosts, Spirit and Shongaku. How are you doing this evening, Shongaku, Eric?
1: I'm doing really good. It's nice to be back on the show. Hello everyone on the internet.
0: I was worried that you had muted yourself or stopped paying attention in that
1: brief pause. <laughs> I was debating whether or not to go for coffee, so no, I'm good. <laughs>
0: So, yeah, well, there you go. You you chose correctly. Now you can probably go get it, because I'm going <laughs> to I had
1: the same fear.
0: Spirit, how are you doing?
2: I'm doing very well, and I was pleased that I was not chosen for the uh, introduction, Roulette.
0: I could sense that. Uh, I decided to throw you a <laughs> <laughs> metaphorical bone and go with Eric, because, you know, he's not on often, so I might as well catch him by surprise. Which sometimes will catch us by surprise as well, of course. Similar to last week, there's been no news to talk about, and so our show notes are probably even shorter than they were last week. So we sort of made the decision that we're going to talk about the raids, uh, just in general, Gorsval and Sapitha, because we only talked about Veil Guardian when we did talk about raids. Possibly talk some about rewards and general thoughts frustrations feelings i was told by a friend by the way that the the relics of war drinking game was to take a drink every time the word frustration was used which i'm sorry um, <laughs> that's so accurate yeah grumpy it's, podcast yeah it's dangerous uh especially when i'm at the helm but that's fine you also, could even say
1: that it's frustrating yeah <laughs> I mean, now you're just Eric, pandering. we're not
2: trying to kill people this early on.
1: <laughs> oh, we're not? Or oh, okay. ever,
2: but like, especially right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, maybe by the end, back when we're really rambling, but it's only two minutes in, man. You gotta give them a chance. You gotta have some pregame here. I also feel like there was something else that crossed my mind, but I've already- Oh. Yeah, amalgamated gemstones. I just made them and my wrists hate me. And I Oh, you made... poor person. Yeah, it's... um.
2: Oh, good thing you caught him before the spike this morning.
0: Oh, was there a spike this morning?
2: They spiked to 6.6 gold apiece.
0: What? Wait, wait, yeah. right. what is they? Like, like per... Uh,
2: amalgamated gemstones on the trading post spiked to 6.6 gold apiece.
0: Can you... You can buy amalgamated gemstones? Oh, yeah. Oh. Hmm. I thought they were a compound. Surprise. Surprise. Yeah, well, having clicked through the Mystic Forge 250 times, um, I uh not not so happy about that. I probably would have just that spent is, the money. That is
1: a jewel crafting, correct?
0: It's what do you well, what do you mean?
1: To make amalgamated gemstones?
0: No, it's a Mystic Forge. Oh. It uses a it uses a uh, T6 Glittering Dust, whatever those are called, I don't remember. And three sets of three orbs or those, cre- those yellow crest items that are completely worthless that nobody
1: uses oh. for anything.
2: Well, they were completely useless. Now you can sell them for like 25 silver.
1: That's why they're so worth so much. Or copper doubloons. Yeah, they're useless in the sense
0: that they ostensibly can be slotted into armor and would be a terrible, terrible waste to do so. <laughs> um or weapons weapons or armor i don't remember it doesn't Just matter why are these is... six
1: gold like that's not crazy expensive to make those i mean it's what nine orbs those are
0: uh each orb maybe... is 25
1: to 30 silver a piece now holy smokes okay
2: yeah, yeah. i mean it's it sunk orbs crazily
0: yeah because as kate did the math for me it takes 2200 orbs to get a stack of 250 which you need for any of the new legendaries
2: Oh, my only goodness. There's only three of them out so far.
1: Holy smokes. Yeah. Wow.
0: So, yeah.
1: <laughs> um, at least it's just one stack. At least you don't need it for each, like, tier. I mean, true.
0: That's true.
1: True. Um, To uh, look at it from a positive... I mean, it is a legendary. They're supposed to be kind of brutal.
0: Yeah. I guess. Yeah. I mean... They are, but that, but that's just for the amalgamated gemstones. There's still the whole precursor crafting that you need to do, which is also expensive. Anyway, I almost wish that I bought those on the trading post <laughs> now, now that I know you can. for some, I don't know. I just assumed that they were account bound. I don't. So many things are account bound in, in legendary creation that I don't know. I guess it was costing me about two and a half gold each in terms of how many orbs I bought but anyway uh, that was a that was a minor that was a minor gripe but uh, my 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 wrist hurts and my clicking hurts a lot so but anyway into raids uh, on last week's episode we actually decided to go and do Gorsoval immediately afterwards and we actually did uh, really well and that was my first Gorsval kill and then we actually got to bash our heads against Sabbaha for an hour so we actually have some fresh talking that we can do about about the raids now that we've gotten a chance to fight the rest of it i know i know kate had done gorseval a fair amount before that but i had not done gorseval a ton and neither of us had done sabatha before that that correct uh
2: no i had done sabatha back in ye olden days prior to the chronomancer nerf patch and the burden zerkers uh i got one shot at sabbatha and then the the patch it and then our guild was busy people were like getting married and crap and like i don't know having haircuts and living life and it just we just had like a month of ridiculous not being able to raid and now we're back at it so that's fun
0: <laughs> yeah so eric have you done much raiding I don't actually know what your experience level is. I right. have
1: not had a lot of opportunities. I think I've killed, like, uh, Veil Guardian three, four times, maybe. And then I've poked Gorseval a few times, which has been fun. But uh, I think I think we got him down to 50% when I fought him. So I haven't even seen phase three or four for Gorse. Mm, okay. So I am a Raiden nub at this point with... Uh, with how busy I am just in general but yeah. I enjoy talking about it because rating is I really enjoy the rating in this
0: yeah <laughs> I <laughs> uh, I I have the potential to enjoy it let's put it that way I enjoy it when it goes well and when you get two hour attempts at VG and fail them over and over again I get really salty so <laughs> but since Spirit is sort of ostensibly the raid leader. Would you like to go through the mechanics of Gorsival or start with any other point of discussion?
2: Um, I'd actually like to start in Spirit Woods because I find that a tremendously fun series of events. But we'll get to Gorsival eventually.
0: That's uh, fair enough.
2: So after you kill Vale Guardian, uh, which I imagine many of you have seen. And if you haven't, you can just pop into the raid and he's right there. <laughs> Uh, I mean, that's that's pretty much the first. You can explore around a little bit. There's a few things for you to see. Um, and then there's Veil vale Guardian and a barrier, which drops as soon as you kill Veil vale Guardian. And you can proceed into the spirit woods. Um, the spirit woods, as you might imagine, are filled with ghosts. And uh, they like to hurt you a lot. They... There's not, I would say there's not really anything notable about their attacks or anything. I mean, they're, they're pretty much just trash, but you do a sort of a series of events um, centered around these spirits. So there's a cat point event and a trash clearing room. I should say that there's a giant river of souls that wraps around this entire area, which is a thing that we've seen before in Guild Wars Guild Wars lore. Um, but I believe only in the Realm of Torment.
1: Yes. I don't- Yeah, I don't think we saw- Now, can I, like, throw out tinfoil hat theory here, that I've been sort of seeing pop up a lot on the internet?
0: I mean, tinfoil hat is pretty much the name of every episode that you're on, so... Who am I to tell you So
1: true. Okay, so, (laughs) really quick tinfoil hat for that. The White Mantle, who- I'm just going to assume the bandits are White Mantle. It's... I'm going to just assume that, because that's how I roll. Uh, the White Mantle sacrificed a whole bunch of souls on the Bloodstone. Those souls could not be resurrected, which suggested they were not going to the realm, to Grenth's realm, because Greth was allowing people to be resurrected. And so, my suspicion is, and this, this has probably come up, most people watching this may have all, listening to this, and they don't watch this because it's not a video... I've probably already heard this idea that essentially what's going on is the, uh, the bloodstone is broken for some reason, and this is basically all of the souls, and because Grenth has sort of shut the door to his realm, they're just c- and there's also maybe the possibility that... All the souls, because grant shut the door, are just sort of, like, there, so all the people who have died whose souls can't, maybe they can't pass on, and maybe we're getting, like, some serious issues there, because human souls aren't, and a lot of humans have died recently. Aren't, do, we, not do we know that he's actually shut on? the doors,
0: or is he just not really responding to prayers? Well, like, those aren't exactly the same he's thing. Not,
1: he's responding... He responds to prayers, he has shut the doors for resurrection. You cannot be resurrected in Guild Wars 2 like you could in Guild Wars 1. They have said that in the lore a few times. It's part of the fact that they're the, when the gods moved away from everyone, healing prayers sort of minimo- reduced. And so people had to become more self-reliant on using their own like life force to heal themselves rather mm-hmm. than Duena. Which is why all the races have an equivalent amount of healing rather than the humans being like uber healers and that sort of thing. So it. So I think what we're seeing is an issue with, so it, souls might be able to get to Grenth, but I think what we're seeing is the bloodstone, there's a problem with it, and these souls are just sort of hanging out in the vicinity from the bloodstone. They've basically escaped.
0: Hmm, I mean, that's fair.
1: Tinfoil hat's off.
0: We were actually talking before the show. It's really funny that you brought this up because Kate and I were talking about this before the show and we were talking about how, you know, it feels kind of like they're beating us over the head with the White Mantle connection. And I was saying, well, you know, I mean, to be fair, there's a lot of people that probably haven't played Guild Wars 1 and there's a lot of people that don't necessarily go to the subreddit and read the other people's theories and observations about all these things and that you know had i not had it pointed out to me i probably wouldn't have made any white mantle connection in the silver wastes. just because i wasn't you know i didn't didn't really have my lore hat on i just had my farming hat and gloves on um and so it was just really funny it's just really funny that you wanted to lead off with i have a tinfoil hat theory about the white mantle even though uh you know the their involvement is sort of taken for assumedly correct but it was just sort of funny that that was the first thing that you jumped to after we'd had a discussion about whether or not we even needed to talk about it but anyway um
1: gotta talk about well see but they haven't officially stated and we all saw the uh the exalted and we're like oh they've shown us pictures of mersot and no it wasn't mersot so i mean they could be prepping to be like we all think it's the white mantle no it's just bandits or no it's something else entirely like the Canthans are invading us from the south, from the north, by going around through the sea, and they're using siege turtles.
2: I thought the... You wait, took I your thought hat off.
0: Oh, yeah, sorry.
1: It is. Yeah, but they, they, it would they be a really sailed. surprise
2: attack if they came from the north.
1: <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow, that's... Uh... Kate's, Kate's tracking. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that's... You kind of just short-circuited my brain a little bit, Eric. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. It's been too long. Oh, man.
2: (laughs) Uh, But anyway, going back to things that we know are real. um, (laughs) So my favorite event in the the whole raid, probably, I don't know. I just find it incredibly charming, is the gauntlet run through the spirit woods. So there's a sort of... You start on a ledge... You jump down, and your your ten-man party has to run away from a wall of spirits. Uh, and that wall of spirits manifests as very, like... It looks like Veil Guardian running um, while he's crippled and also has swiftness. And so he's very much uh, not graceful about it. And also there's, like, 50 of them. And if they touch you, you instantly die. Uh, which... I just find a very hilarious visual coming at me while I'm trying to DPS, and I often spend my time laughing during that and not paying attention. <laughs> uh, it actually it, it reminds me very much of something you'd see in like a Ghibli film. Like t- to be entirely honest, it seems like a like that could be a section of a Ghibli film, which is really cool. Like I like that like that mental connection mm-hmm. and. Uh, yeah, that whole, the whole, obviously, it's the spirit woods, I'm going to enjoy it. Right. Um, but you you make your way through there, you break down the walls, there's a section where you have to glide, all your friends forget, and you get sparted or fall into the river of souls. And then you also have to cap cap circles while you're breaking down the walls. And if you run all the way to the end, and the souls don't run you over, then you're done. I feel like I did a terrible job describing that event, but I really enjoy it, so...
0: It's really cool. Go
2: check it out for yourself.
0: It also has a pretty cool sort of, I don't know, achievement-based thing that is required for Legendary Armor, which is that you can have one person basically running around doing nothing but holding a torch, and they can't use attack skills. They can use their utility skills if they have any applicable ones, and obviously they can still contribute towards capturing, but you lose a a whole person on DPS, and um, I, I thought that was sort of a clever way of doing it because obviously the content is meant to be able to be done a full person down basically and mm-hmm. you know so your first time you may screw it up or whatever but after you do it a few times you should be able to do it fine with 10 men and then you can work out a little bit more and get it with nine i just I, I thought that was kind of a, a cute mechanic or or whatever yeah for an achievement and
2: it's you also get an extra good chest for it and everything too
0: oh yeah i forgot about that
1: it's also really good to make sure that the person who loves the raid the most carries the torch because you really only want that person carrying the torch for the raid
0: oh man that's such puns um anyway but anyway so that's uh so you do that and then you stand on some pressure plates while you're getting attacked from all sides and you test people's ability to do jumping um anything as they have to jump through those trees and most (laughs) people can't do it which is great that's that's my job whenever we make it that far because i'm actually pretty good at that which is not saying much but uh
2: yeah, I've said because I always get stuck on the bottom one because I'm like I show someone who can't jump where it is, and then it it sort of like there's ads up in that room all the time and they respawn until you finish the, uh, getting everyone on the pressure plates.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So I always show someone who can't jump where it is, and then I get stuck on the one on the bottom. And I never get to go any cool one cool pressure plates.
1: I do appreciate the the one time that I've actually done that. You guys let me do the mushroom jumping puzzle.
2: It was that your one's calling. cool. You it's find jumping true. puzzles in everything, so when there were, actually was a jumping puzzle, we were like, Go, Eric! Be free! Jump! Stand on pressure plates! Go!
1: During that entire encounter, I just held down the uh, mic in Raid and just made high-pitched squeak noises. It it's really true. helped everyone perform properly.
0: <laughs> yeah, and so that's that's it before Garcival, right?
2: Yeah. Uh, the other cool thing about that room, though, the room with the pressure plates, is it is a cemetery, which... Yes has a bunch like many in Wars 2 has a bunch of gravestones that you can interact with and a few of them are very old a few of them date back to the war in kryda i think maybe even older than that but some are definitely from the war in kryda uh and a few are current they are from this year or last year maybe a couple of both. i don't remember exactly off the top of my head
1: yeah Um, i think one is like a year old
2: yes that's really that is I don't know if that indicates that people have just returned there or that people have been there for that long, but either way, it's it's something that I wouldn't expect to find there.
0: Yeah. So it's cool. So anyway, the yeah, actual... Yeah, I was just
2: thinking about if there's anything else like important on those tombstones, but I don't think there is. Um, no, I mean,
0: it might just be there to sort of reinforce, tie in the Crichton connection, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, it, It's always a nice... I actually think the cemeteries are a really fun addition all of them in the in the game uh for both for joke names because uh, there's some really funny ones but also uh just just to reinforce the lore of the game for the people that came from the first game you know it's not it's not it's not big and it doesn't really tell you anything other than the fact that somebody who lived 250 years ago died but it's It just sort of brings back that nostalgia when you see those names, if you recognize them, and if you don't, then it doesn't take up, it doesn't get in your face or anything like that to be, Mm -hmm. to be, hey, here's a little, here's a little past reference. Like, it's, it's subtle if you don't care, and it's really nice if you do. So, I mean, just as an aside, I, I have, I have enjoyed looking at all the graves in the game. So, anyway, but, uh, onto the, onto the main the main fight for gorseful so he, i actually i need to get a little bit of a better look at him because i it's always so frantic and i haven't done it that many times he always reminds me of like a super giant oak heart with like spirit tentacles or something i don't know if that is a very good mental image but
2: uh kind of he's he's very strange looking he's got um sort of very long arms and short legs and so i mean they're humanish arms, but they're they're very long, and he's got like long twisted fingers, and his body, and basically everything about him is an amalgamation of different parts, almost almost like Zaitan, uh, where Zaitan is a dragon of dragons. Um, Gorsoval is human skulls and tongues and limbs and a little bit of ghostly magic and. He is a very unique looking mob. He's got like 10 tongues. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I know uh I know Guild Wars reporter podcast is fond of calling him Tungthulu.
0: Yeah, Tungthulu.
1: Could he um, be related to the demons from Nightfall?
2: Uh I don't think so. The the lore about him in the raid very strongly implies that he's just an amalgamation of the spirits that are there. Um so the the River of Souls is obviously a bunch of unhappy spirits, and actually, yeah, actually, Gorseval, his full name is Gorseval the Multifarious, and he's an amalgamation of, of angry spirits, and he actually, he doesn't have one voice. Like, as you go through the fight, and there are different dialogue lines from him, they come in a bunch of different, like, NPC voices, and he'll he'll say things like, we fight together, and things like that, and he'll just, like... I'm trying to remember. uh If you've ever seen Full Metal Alchemist, that's exactly a lot what of, I was thinking oh, of. He reminds me a lot uh, nice. of Envy's like crazy Uber form when he gets Which, all green if and If you guys
1: haven't seen Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, go watch it now and come back because that's the not, entire thing.
0: That's not how it is in the original. But uh, okay, I forgot. Anyway. Yeah. yeah, um That's exactly what I was thinking of when you were sort of actually putting words to it being faces and skulls and tongues everywhere. I was, I, I thought exactly of Envy. But anyway. That's me throwing it back to you, that. Spirit. Sorry. Oh, anyway. So do you, do you want me to talk about the actual fight mechanics? Yeah, I mean, so so full disclosure, I haven't done Gorseful a ton. I've done it, I think, three times of which one was after an exhausted, long series of bashing our head against Veil Guardian. One of them was a training run with one of your lesser trained groups like it was their first time and then the third time was the time that we did it after the last podcast and we beat it so i sort of was just along for the ride i know the first phase or two pretty well and i i I mean, I guess I understand them all, but I couldn't tell anybody anything about the ordering or the ultimate strategies because it was more of a follow, follow our commander as they ran to the proper places. So uh, it's it's probably going to mostly be on you uh, with some sprinkled in, <laughs> I found this part interesting and or hard and or whatever.
1: And I will ask questions because Gorsuval noob.
0: Excellent. Okay, so Gorsuval
2: is fairly mechanically simple or simpler than Veil Guardian, I would say, and it's largely a DPS check. That's not to say you can get away with ignoring the mechanics at all. It's just that it's a little bit easier, I think, on the group as a whole. Mm-hmm. So for his basic attacks, he does a swipe. He just kind of swipes at the tank. It's a little bit of a cone in front. Obviously, don't want to stand in front of him, but whatever. Fairly normal. Or you're um, a
0: necromancer and you just don't care. Yeah, that too. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I, I still do <laughs> behind him anyway.
2: Um... But he also does in his swipe rotation. He does a smash, which does two sort of circles around the front, his front and back. Um, I don't know how to explain. Yeah, it does a, like a circle AOE around his front, a circle AOE around his back, and they don't. It's sort of like a Venn diagram of bad. Like you can get a little bit closer to him on his sides, but you don't want to be too close because he will still get knocked down. Not a huge deal again, but obviously you don't want to get knocked into something that you don't want to be in, uh, which will come into into play later. And, and the knockdown
1: messes with your DPS, right?
2: Exactly. That was yeah. That's exactly what I was going to bring up. So a thing to avoid, but fairly easy once you learn the tell. He raises his left hand. He goes smash, and once and honestly, place, it's pretty pretty not even to avoid.
0: it's not even that big of a, a hit to your DPS. I mean, obviously, anytime you can avoid getting knocked down, it's better. But uh, actually, in our successful raid, a lot of people got knocked down almost every time anyway. And our DPS and mechanics <laughs> were on point. Other, like yeah. that was actually one of the worst times I've seen people getting knocked down even though everybody was experienced we were just like not really on our game yet and we were still doing better dps wise than the other two times I'd tried it and we still beat it without being great on that aspect so it's not overly punishing to your dps like it is like when you need to go res somebody on veil guardian you know mm-hmm. like in in a bad in a bad pizza slice um that this kills the raid dps whereas uh it's not the worst
2: no but i would still argue uh especially if you're struggling with dps in the later phases it's something to avoid
0: oh sh- i mean yeah obviously always yeah. avoid knockdowns but
2: um yeah. yeah so those are his basic attacks and then the fight basically go. It, it alternates between him teleporting to the middle and you needing to break his break bar and then dragging him to different things around the edge so after you start fighting him for a little bit he does his little swipey swipes and smashy smashes Uh, He'll teleport to the middle and start doing a Donkey Kong Ground Pound. And different parts of the arena turn black and start pulsing. And if you're in that when they finish pulsing, it does about... I don't know how much health... Because I I always play on very not squishy professions. Uh, It seems to take me about to to half health, but it also applies 25 stacks of vulnerability to you, which means if you get hit by anything afterwards, you're going to crumple. So very important to avoid that. He also... Uh, reflects an extreme amount of damage back at you while he's doing that. So you want to break him It it goes back and forth. So some groups break him right away to avoid that as much as possible. Um, We do, and I recommend if you're struggling with DPS at all, to let him do that for a little bit and just make sure your druid knows and is healing everyone through it. Because if you let him do that for a few ticks, it gives you enough extra DPS that you can sometimes phase him before he's done with it. Or phase him before he summons spirits to make your other phases a little bit easier um so once you're done breaking his break bar you have to take him to the edge and all around the outside of the arena there are wall barriers um that need to be broken for you to get out because what he'll do after he does his break bar thing is he raises his hands in the air does a little dance and then channels an attack that wipes everyone on the platform so to escape that you have to break a break a wall Everyone jumps out, glides, hits the updraft, turns around, comes back, glides in. Uh, which I think mechanically is cool and conceptually is cool. That has <laughs> been a major struggle for us. Less so now that they they've changed the gliders to a client side um functioning mechanic. I'm not good at words today. Uh and so there are many less glider malfunctions, but every once in a while somebody'll just miss the updraft or like double tap space or something and somebody falls. And you have to wipe the fight, which is incredibly annoying. But if you get enough practice at it, it's it's okay. Like we manage now that it's almost not an issue for us. Maybe once once or twice per raid session it happens. Um, trying to think. Oh yeah. So while also while you're grabbing, him, bringing him to the wall, he summons ads, um, which ca- are not particularly threatening. They can kick you though. Uh, Which has led several (laughs) times to us being sparted off the edge into the river of souls to our death, Uh, (laughs) which is always a sad time, especially when they do it uh, immediately after you break the wall and you're like, yes, we got the wall done. Turn around to DPS, Gorcival and bam, you get kicked off the wall or off the platform by a spirit. It's the worst. Uh, But it's important to kill those spirits because for every spirit he eats, he gets 10% more damage and he summons four of those every time he goes uh, every, yeah, at the end of every break phase, basically
0: yep yep so
2: the fight alternates between break phase updraft break phase split phase
0: also do um do the updrafts disappear is that yes uh something you can that only i've gleaned
2: use- <laughs> yes you can only use each updraft once and if you don't use them by the time he hits enrage they all any remaining ones disappear
0: yeah that's that's one of those things where I sort of gathered it from people talking about it but because I was just sort of following the raid leader and I get turned around anyway from circle strafing that dude I wasn't actually positive that they disappeared but I was pretty sure so that also puts an extra limiter on your time even if the enrage didn't kill you just on its own.
2: Yeah Um. so after okay yeah break phase. Break phase, updraft, break phase, split phase. And on the split phase, he goes invulnerable, summons four adds, they all try and walk towards him. You have to, you can only soft CC them, so cripples and chills, gotta make sure they slow down, because if they touch him, he'll do the, his hands in the air will do woo 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 and kill everyone. Uh, <laughs> I like to imagine he's partying when he does that. Listen, I spend a lot of time in raids, okay? I gotta do it's, something to have myself. It's a six soul
0: rave party.
1: Like. It's it when is. a bunch of Norn get control <laughs> of him, a bunch of Norn souls get in control and they're like, woo!
0: I'm drunk on life force. Let's go. <laughs> I approve. This is
2: my new headcanon. Yep. Uh so, yeah, you just there's there's sort of two general strategies for this. Sometimes you have two people uh each solo a spirit and snare it while your other groups take care of two of them and then the those other groups collapse on your solo spirit hunters and kill all four of them that way. Uh the the method we've been doing and has worked just fine for us, it's, it's up to you guys, whatever you want to use, um, is to sit three solo people, each on a different spirit, and have one large group that goes all, around, all the way around, clockwise or counterclockwise, depending on how people are doing, crippling and chilling them, and kills them. And then, once you've got all that, that's pretty much the majority of the fight. It just repeats again in the second phase. Uh, break bar, updraft, break bar, split phase, again, down to a third percent. The only thing that's different in the second phase is he starts summoning these orbs that gradually expand over time, and they start taking over the arena. They don't do any damage to you, but they do give you a debuff that reduces your damage by, like, I think it's 10% per stack, and it it puts 10 stacks of it on you when you touch it. So if you, it must not be 10%, because you do still deal a little bit of damage, but it's, it's minuscule. You absolutely cannot get hit by these if you are a DPS. So you have a ranged person clearing those orbs, which pulls DPS, again, off the boss that is the DPS check. And you have to make sure that they're cleared in the direction you're going, and probably even in directions you're not going. I'm trying to think how to explain this, because I, do, I don't generally do orb clearing. But basically, you need to make sure that enough of the arena is cleared, so that A, you can get to your next updraft and B, you can get to the spirits when he splits again at a third because he puts those same four spirits in the same four directions. They're right in front of the updrafts, um, and they try and walk towards him again. But if there are too many orbs around those spirits, then you can't get to them, and they walk in, and he does his woo-woo-woo party time and kills you all. That's that's pretty much the story of this boss, is woo-woo-woo party time, and everyone dies.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: that's true. Which I, I just want to also point out sort of that uh, I like the feedback mechanisms of Gorcival a lot more than Veil vale Guardian because I think it's just a little bit more apparent what's getting you you know like if mm-hmm. you pretty much always die the same way or if you die like or if somebody if one or two people die you know exactly what killed them you know it was like oh well the orbs blocked our path and we didn't get out and fast enough or oh you got sparted off an edge and then you know whoops there's not much you can do about that other than you know be a little bit more mindful but some of those you know those kinds of deaths you know exactly what happened you know how to not do it and you know usually it's just sort of a oh whoops sorry i got sparted you know let's just reset and do it again whereas with veil guardian there's so many moving pieces at all times that it's hard. It's hard to know exactly where the problem is, and other than just that it's not working, and yeah, I, I don't know. I think th- this is something that's sort of true on both Sabbath and Gorseville. I just I felt like I knew what the problems were every time I ran them, even though I've only run them a couple times. Whereas with VG, we've just our main group has struggled so many times, and I just don't know. <laughs> I just I, I just don't even know what the problem is. I if I had to reorder them, I would have put based on what I've seen, I probably would have put Gorseval first, and then Veil Guardian second, and then Sabbath the third, in terms of complexity of operations. Like, Veil mm-hmm. Guardian is on all the time, it feels like. Whereas, Gorseval is DPS phase, keep DPSing, t- keep DPSing, and then, you know, do another brief phase briefly. Like, Veil Guardian, you are running in circles and dodging and, like, rezzing and tank drawing and uh, like there's so much going on in veil guardian like even even though Gorspell has more component phases i feel like it's just so much easier to figure out what's even happening i don't know maybe that's just me no i I, I
2: definitely that's accurate
1: yeah one thing with vg is you're as you were saying there's so many moving parts and so much going on i've never had a problem identifying like what caused a group to fail but the interesting thing is is you can fix one thing and then someone else will you know fail their task I was doing a uh, VG with a pug this uh, past week and there were two problems there was the condi team DPS was a little bit low and the tank kept getting getting teleported the condi damage wasn't too terrible um, but if the with the combined with the tank teleport it was it was causing issues. And so you can identify, you know, things like that where like, oh, this one thing is not going down fast enough, but then you fix it and there's so many other moving parts that maybe all of a sudden now the circ- green circle team is like exhausted. And so they start messing up. And now you have a whole nother thing that you're like, well, yeah. So well, yeah, endurance I, thing there.
0: There's yeah, there's also there's definitely that and I think sort of more what I was trying to say i guess is that vg usually the breakdown happens a while after the actual initial problem you know you sort of can limp along for a while because vg just doesn't have those hard wipe phases usually until maybe the third phase where two-thirds of the circle is death and then you know you have a cascading bad but oftentimes mistakes earlier in vg will cascade into other problems and it's frequently difficult to tell exactly what the first problem was and so you know it's like well you know the tank ended up pulling the dude to somewhere and that was a problem and it's like well but that was that happened because you know the tank had to move him away from something else and then everybody got behind because somebody fell into a red circle and then it was like well that happened because somebody else got downed because they accidentally got teleported and you know like there's you can go far back you can you can limp along far enough a lot of the time in VG that you kind of forget or just don't know what what the what the catalyst was for the problem whereas in Gorsivol someone will just die like you, you'll just die and then you'll know that you're <laughs> screwed or or you'll all die or you'll or you'll make the decision and say we're going to try and phase him or we'll die and and then you know you die or you or you phase him but it's uh Gorsival is more of a uh instantaneous obvious loss condition or you know you you're making a decision to push for uh you know a shot a shot at progress or guaranteed defeat and then you you know you get one or the other but uh that that feedback's a lot harder to get on VG I feel like so anyway um but we're still sort of in the middle of Gorseball mechanics right cuz did we talk about the split into the the four spirits yes okay i already I already forgot. Um, well, I guess that's everything though, right? Other than just um, I mean, DPSing. yeah,
2: I he does the second split at a third health left. And then after that, it's all the same mechanics um, with the addition of eggs. And they're, they're little orange oh, circles right. that appear on the ground. And you want to strafe or dodge out of them to make sure that you are not going to get trapped. Because, yeah, so you can get trapped. It can be cleaved down or whatever. And you can help break yourself out. But again, something that hurts your DPS, especially if multiple people get caught, it can get really messy, and you don't want that to happen at all in the last phase, because you're scrambling to get the get the orbs down, get the wall down, get the boss down. Like you, your, your DPS gets split in so many different places that you can't afford to lose people to egg. Um,
1: so you're saying then, that you're going to have to scramble if you get egg on your face?
0: Yes. God. <laughs>
1: Thank you for adding that extra egg pun with scrambling without meaning to. Anyways.
0: Wow.
2: It it overloaded me. But yeah, (laughs) yeah, uh, everything else is the same in the final phase. It's just a matter of putting it all together. I think that's something that all the bosses do very well, is they start you out with a a few mechanics, and then layer on a couple more, and then they layer on a couple more, and by the end, it's just sort of one phase of, okay, prove you can handle all of these at once. Which is, I think is pretty cool. I think it's an enjoyable way of doing a boss.
0: It's also worth noting if you are a person that is still working on it and haven't gotten that far in the fight or are just getting to Gorsable, it is worth binding a key that they added for, what what is it called? Like special action? Special
2: action, yeah. I wanted yeah. to talk about that, so go ahead. Because
0: it is by default not bound and I didn't even know it existed until uh, this happened the other night and... It is the way that you get out of the cocoon. There's also a little like skill that pops up that you can click on if you don't have a, a key bound to it, which is what I did during Gorsval when I got egged once, but uh, you you need it during Sabatha like 100%, so mm-hmm. you should just do it and pick some random key because it won't come up all that often, but in Sabatha you'll definitely have to use it, and in Gorsval you might have to use it.
2: Yeah, in your in your control panel in the keybindings tab, it's on the- it's the very bottom skill in the very bottom bind in the skills section. It's called special action. It's bound to minus by default, uh, which is not even remotely in a reasonable place for you to reach while you're doing a raid boss. Um, Unless you do very- something very different than I do. Um, Which is possible. I've definitely met those people who don't WASDA, but you know, uh, that's strange. (laughs) <laughs> anyway Those yeah it, it'll catch you by surprise if you don't know about it and it it's basically it's a like a sort of a contextual action thing like it will only pop up above your profession bar if something that you are doing calls for it and it's only been in raids so far um and there's no no warning about it whatsoever which is very strange i don't think that i don't think it by itself is a bad or weird mechanic it's just that it that it it first happens uh, in the middle of a boss is <laughs> not a really good way to introduce it at all.
0: Yeah. So anyway, uh, it's I actually think it's a fun... I actually have more fun on Gorseval than I do on VG, although maybe that's just because of the having succeeded at Gorseval after only three attempts, and by three attempts I mean three nights of attempts, not three attempts, but... Uh, having having succeeded at Gorsible, whereas having bashed my face against Veil vale Guardian for a long time, maybe that has some uh, bias, because I just sort of leeched off of a successful group. Uh, thanks, guys. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I, I like Gorsible more than I like Veil vale Guardian. Um, I do, too. I just wish that I could teleport and fight that instead of Veil vale Guardian every week. I'm not yeah, even Yeah, actually,
2: that's something I really... I know... I mean, from my understanding, I think the raid plays out like it does in most traditional games, right, where like you kill a boss and then there's a weekly reset and then you have to kill the boss and then the other boss or whatever. Is that is that accurate? Does that
1: It's you? very I'm much sure. on the on the early WoW system. Uh yeah.
2: Yeah. I just I wish that once you had someone in your party who would beat the first boss, you could choose which boss to start at. It doesn't matter like it does not matter what order you do them in, and it doesn't hold you to that. Like, if you have someone uh, who's killed VG and Gorseval in a in a week, you if they open the instance, you guys start at Sabbath. So why not just let us do that? It doesn't matter what order we kill the bosses in. And I would like to just, like... Yeah, it would be really nice to be able to take my group and say, okay, we've done VG so much, so let's practice at Gorseval this week. But the only way I can do that is to... Like set aside some time ahead of that to kill VG with a pug group in order to be able to pull that off for our main groups on the weekend. Yeah, which is a bummer.
0: Well, unless there is anything else to talk about with Gorseful, do you want to move along to a discussion?
2: Uh, I was going to ask if there are any particular particularly memorable pulls or adventures in the Spirit Woods or Gorseful that you would like to share anecdotally. No. <laughs> no one has fun in the spirit woods.
1: I I love the spirit woods because once you complete it, you can there's a bunch of places that you can glide to and you can get on top of the route and there's a lot of cool just stuff in the background that you can run around and look at and sort of inspect.
0: Yeah, I, I like yeah, the little bits
1: of geometry.
0: It's not so much that it's not fun. There's just not it's pretty it pretty much runs the same every time you do it. Mm. Uh, and I haven't done Gorseful enough times to have any truly hilarious or epic things happen, (laughs) aside from beating it. Uh, Beating it, that was my favorite. Uh, That was good.
2: (laughs) I'm sorry, it's such an innuendo
0: anyway. (laughs) Wow. Uh, Let me pull out my mini I got for beating it. It's a lot bigger than I was expecting.
2: Wait, you got a mini Gorseful? Yeah. Oh, awesome.
0: Yeah. yeah I know actually, I feel actually, bad any was... is
2: not a mini it's huge I just didn't notice because I have Norn <laughs> I finally saw it next to my human character and was like whoa
0: whoa yeah objects in mirror are closer than they appear um anyway I feel bad because I know somebody that's done the raid a bunch and doesn't have a Gorsable mini that really yeah. wants one uh, but anyway uh, I don't you know, I, I haven't had any super memorable
1: experiences aside from beating it uh i do have so. a question about that you can buy the Gorsaval menu, right
2: yes you can i bought mine it's uh, 300 magnetite shards and you have to have beaten gorseful in order to purchase it
1: the interesting thing there is that you cannot buy the vipers gear it's just a random drop right now right
2: the yes the trinkets that have viper stats on them and i think also the trinkets that have all the new stats on them are only available as drops from the raid
0: which is Annoying. Um but anyway.
1: I was oh. curious about that because I spent some time searching on the on the guy in the well whatchamacallit place that airship. In the airship. Yeah, yeah. the vendor. Yeah. You know? And I was like, where are they? I spent a good like fifteen minutes going, they have to be here. They said that all the items from the drop table is listed. They are not. So I don't know if that's a bug or if that's purposeful.
0: Yeah, I I, I mean, I kind of like the idea that you have to have beaten the boss to get the boss-specific things out of it. Like, it's, uh, I don't know. It's not, I guess, how should I say this? It's, it makes it feel like there's at least some sense of identity to the specific reward that you need to have done it for, kind of like the Liadri the Shadow mini. You know, you, you had to get, you had to beat Liadri for that. Like, it uh, if you see that, you know that that person has done that thing. As opposed to just s- storing up enough money or whatever, um, so I, I I kind of like that system in theory at least, uh, but I don't like <laughs> I don't like that the there's some of those stat combos that just aren't available. Like it kind of it super frustrates me when you get the obviously condition damage ascended box and it does not have one of the ascended damage or uh, sorry condi damage ascended boxes and it does not have. You know the best Condi stat setup, and you just need to stat swap it because like it just feels yeah. awkward. And same thing with the jewelry. Like you yeah, just it's can't. actually
2: weird. The the armor chests don't have it, but the weapon boxes do. So if you get a weapon box, it'll have the Vipers and the new stats in it.
0: There you go. So anyway, uh, sabatha
2: Yeah. So after Roseville, there's just a tiny little. I mean, it's a trash pack. People sometimes. I, I did it with a pug this week and they stacked them around the stairs which made me laugh. And also we I don't know, usually at that point we're so excited about having beat Gorseville because we've only done it 3 times as a guild that we're not <laughs> we're not thinking about being efficient or whatever. We're just like, yeah, we killed Gorseville and then we could just kind of kill the ads one at a time and talk crap and you know are just
0: shoot yeah shoot the breeze and just like it's not hard yeah i would
2: just like have a have a few minutes of relaxation and this pug group just went around and stacked all of them was like kill 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 which fine whatever if that's what you want to do you want to get through it fast whatever um but yeah there's nothing notable about that trash except there is trash and then it teaches you the mechanic that if you Use your special action key to throw a green bomb at your feet on a pressure plate. It will, or not a pressure plate, but on a launch pad, it will launch you. Um, Which Relics has, you don't have to do this. You can only send, you can send one person across. But our raid tradition is that we stack all of us on the launch pad. Someone throws the bomb and we launch all 10 of us and go, weee, as we fly across the map. Uh, because that's enjoyable. And like I said, we just killed Gorsifel and we're very happy and ri- being ridiculous. Um, which, yeah, that comes into play in the Sabatha fight. So Sabatha is not a DPS check. She's very heavily mechanics and communication focused. Um, you want people to be standing in certain positions at all times so that they can manage mechanics and make your DPS group to do their jobs um, she stands stationary in the middle of a platform and it's a, a round plat- round, flat platform much like all the other ones and there are launch pads in each of the cardinal directions and at certain points I think it's like every 30 seconds I'm honestly really terrible at knowing like I know my job for Sabatha but there's so much going on in that fight that I really don't know what everybody else is doing um, at certain intervals, different cannons will come up, and you need to launch someone off the launch pad to get to the cannon, kill it, and get back. Because if that cannon is allowed to stay up, those cannons will eventually damage the platform, and if the platform takes too much damage, it'll drop you and you'll die. So in order to launch that person, they have to be on the launch pad at the same time that a second person is throwing the bomb at them to launch them. They go up, they k- kill the cannon while taking damage from adds, and then come back as fast as they can sounds simple relatively uh is complicated by the fact that obviously Sabatha is still there and her ads are still there and they are attacking you and doing crazy stuff so you can be you can also be sparted off the edge in this one if you're unfortunate to be too close to it um Sabatha has an attack that only targets the the furthest range person from her so we set someone on the outside to be dedicated to guide that AoE attacker on the outside cuz it leaves a lingering field so whoever's responsible for that has to make sure that, A, that they are the farthest person away, and B, that they don't leave the AoE over a launch pad that needs to be activated, because the, the cannons go in a set rotation, but not not like clockwise or counterclockwise, it, it jumps across, and I, I can't, I don't remember what the exact rotation is, it's off the top of my head, it doesn't matter anyway. Um, so the range person is responsible for that, making sure that doesn't hit the platform, because the launch pads are farther away than where that range person should be, so if the person goes too early to the launch pad and is waiting there, they'll get nuked and die. Um, an additional risk is Savatha does a giant wall of fire that rotates around the arena, which is a one-shot, instant to dead. So if you are in that, you will die. You can shadow step to the other side of it, but you can't dodge through it or anything, You just you can't be in that at all, it will murderize you. And that that is my favorite part of the encounter, by the way. Uh, What else? She... Okay, so, yeah, Sabath is all about bombs. Like, that's sort of the...
0: There's bombs everywhere. Just bombs on bombs on... It's bombs all (laughs) the way down.
2: There's three types of bombs you have to remember, and they all do different things. So you've got your green bombs i don't know if there's a different name for them but you or if they're sticky bombs or i I can't remember what they're called they they have a green circle around you they get thrown on a random semi-random player might be the closest player to the bandit sapper which is an ad that throws them so that bomb needs to be thrown at a friendly player to launch them then there's the time bomb for the person closest to sabatha which needs to be taken out of the group because it will damage everyone around the person that has the time bomb on them and then there's also the heavy bomb. So every quarter of her health, Sabath- Sabatho will shadow step away and an ad will come in, which has different attacks. And they... I wouldn't say they're particularly deadly, but if you mess up what you're doing, like the second one has a break bar that needs to be broken. Um, the first one has an AoE that spreads. And if you point that at the next launch pad that needs to be launched, obviously you can kill your cannoneer, which is not okay. <laughs> um, so they're not... They I don't think they'll outright wipe any groups, but they can definitely cause people to go down or die if they're not handled properly, which will eventually cause a wipe. While those while those phases are happening, there are heavy bombs, which have spawn randomly throughout the arena and have a timer that ticks down, and if you you have to kick them to remove them from the platform before they go off, otherwise the platform will take massive damage. So yeah, Sabbath is all about the bombs. And I think yeah, as you as you go on in the fight, two timed bombs start spawning. And then eventually, when you get to the last phase, there's a just sort of blanket <laughs> AoE over the whole thing of these little tiny circles of rubble falling from the sky. They don't deal much damage, but the the game in the last phase is... Get <laughs> get out of bad. Basically, like so much of the platform becomes bad that you have to maintain everything you were doing before we can argue about that a little bit because at some point you can drop the cannons and just dps dps oh my god we oh my god oh my god oh my god oh my god she's almost dead oh god uh which may or may not be an accurate accurate simulation of what happens on mumble when that happens um yeah and it's all about avoiding the big circles and making sure you take the hits from the little ones so that you can avoid the big ones and it's a sort of sustain race also a dps race also a oh god it's almost done just keep it together um yeah i think that's about it for sabatha though she's fairly consistent throughout the whole fight the challenge the real challenge of sabatha is just making sure that your people are where they need to be when they're supposed to be there and that you are able to predict and coordinate sending those people out she's i mean she's really not She's got the same amount of armor as Gorcival, but she just doesn't have as much health, so she's she goes down very fast.
0: Yeah, I was very impressed by our progress on my first set, first and only set of runs against Sabatha with a group that largely had not fought her and at at that point had not succeeded in killing her, with the exception of one or two subs who had beaten it with other groups. Um, I felt like we took to it pretty fast. Yeah. And I actually I had a blast. That that rating was actually super fun. Like if that was <laughs> if that was what a rating felt like all the time, I would have <laughs> probably done it a lot more, but uh yeah, I, I actually really like Sabbath's Fight too. It's uh, a lot of fun. Also Epidemic the shit out of <laughs> Yeah. Out of, that was out my of that is, was my yeah.
2: catchphrase. Um because Sabbath can come back before the ads are dead and that and- can yeah. pile up and and be a problem. But since the adds have a ton of conditions on them from you fighting them, then you can epidemic Sabatha and the adds and just get crazy Condi damage.
0: And when you have three Condi Reapers who can all epidemic the adds <laughs> onto her, it's uh, probably an impressive amount of damage. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's definitely... I looked up the pattern that the cannons spawn at, and it was very wonky. I was expecting a uniform pattern, but instead, it's a—it's the same every time you do it. But it's like they spawn at southwest, northeast, and then like north, south, east, west, and then like east, south, north, west. Like I—I I don't know the exact order, but it doesn't—it doesn't just go clockwise or counterclockwise or something like that. There's mm-hmm. a set order, and it's very uh, disorienting and. Yeah, I, I think the biggest I think the biggest part of beating Sabatha is exactly like you said, knowing where to put people for the cannons and when to do it because as a casual observer who was playing but not responsible for tracking the cannons, it just felt like freaking voodoo. Um, <laughs> like
2: I admit, I have one I have one Sabatha kill which I got last night with a pug group. We had just decided to do it on a whim and I spent the entire time um not being in the middle of Sabbath so i didn't get the time bomb making sure i wasn't at the back so i didn't get the green bomb (laughs) and also making sure that i didn't have to play one of the cannon roles so i had to do as little as possible so i could focus on the fight while i learned it because holy crap so much is happening
0: yeah and it's uh confounding to say the least i think
2: yeah but a lot of fun i really enjoy Sabbatha. And, I, yeah. yeah, and Gore Civil. I mean, I really enjoy all of them. I was saying it over and over that I think the raid content is really, like, the content itself is really good. And we've talked about there's a lot of problems surrounding it that can can be a problem and be a detriment to you in the raid. But the actual content itself, if you're well-geared and well-coordinated, oh my gosh, is it fun?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely makes me interested to see what they do for raid, two because... Our main group is taking a break from it, and by our, I mean mine and Twit Guild, not Relix's main, main uh, raid group. But, you know, hopefully, hopefully Wing 2 is a little bit, I don't know, maybe it's just a rejuvenating surge. Do we have any timeline on when that's happening? I don't really remember.
2: Before April? Before March? Yeah,
0: sometime, I
1: believe they sometime sometime said it's display. before the next quarterly patch it's going to come out. Wow. Also, okay. apparently, it's going to also, at some point before the next quarterly patch, we're going to start Season 3 of Living World. Hmm. We are? I, it, it might be. That's how I interpreted what Colin Johansson was saying on the forums. It might be that we're going to get Raid Wing and then the then Quarter 3 will get the first part of Living World Season 3. But I think it's supposed to be sometime this uh, this quarter or next quarter. Quarter, uh, I think it's quarter two, actually. Never mind. So quarter one, which is what we're in. Raid, quarter two, season three. I know how to divvy up years into quarters. Now, don't quote me on that. Obviously, I could be completely wrong. But I'm going to say it online and then everyone will believe me and they'll be really angry when it doesn't happen. Right. And it'll be your fault. It will be. Just consider this an official announcement from ArenaNet, even though none of (laughs) us... (laughs) <laughs> i like how your mic cut out
0: right there I'll, i i how none of us uh, like <laughs> you just like that was me after.
1: pausing <laughs> dramatic effect
0: oh okay okay i thought it was oh. just a convenient mic blip <laughs> oh that's really funny yeah wow was there anything else we wanted to talk about with raids right now i know that we were sort of talking about doing you know like talking about rewards and all that stuff but i'm kind of not feeling a ton of energy to talk about it right now
2: no that's fine um i will just share the story that during our most success successful of poll we got her down to 25 percent and by we i mean the other nine people in my party got her down to 25 percent because at about 90 to 85 percent on her health bar the game tabbed me out for a java update and i wait was
1: this on Sabatha?
0: yeah, yeah. i got
2: stuck in a flame wall <laughs> and died instantly
0: and i watched it happen like oh my I goodness just you, you and java moving. i was so upset what well, was that say it's probably the same incident that you heard about earlier that was that was the one right after last week's podcast if you heard about it before Eric. well no but she oh, also
1: yeah. had one after Go- on gores didn't you where you were like gliding and then gores killed you on java update
2: oh no 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 it was just the the Sabbath one, and oh, don't okay. worry, guys. I've uninstalled Java now. It will never happen again.
1: But but how are you gonna play all of those Java games on the internet?
2: I will manage as long as it doesn't tab. How
1: me out. will you play Ritlock's Jumping Game? Is that or, Java? I know it's probably HTML five or something.
0: Yeah. Okay. So not a problem. <laughs> what a great game to pull out for the for that question. Um. Uh, yeah. Anyway, also, I was going to say before when you asked me for a favorite moment that that whole raid encounter last poll was was what it was going to be. But since you specified uh, Gorsable and Spirit Vale, I didn't. Oh, no, I mean, if there's,
2: I guess that's because we were talking about, but if there is, yeah, if there are any specific pulls and raids you want to talk about at all.
0: Oh no, it was just that one, because it was our last poll of the night, and we'd actually gone maybe 15 or 20 minutes longer than we were planning to, but because we'd been doing so well, we just decided to do it, and we did the, you know, sort of uh, awesome go out on your last poll with epic music running, so we all pulled up our music, and then we went in, and then Kate froze, and then died in a flamethrower, and then (laughs) we did really well, and then I got shot off the platform somehow and and then i was the last person alive and kate was like no make it till phase make it till just stay alive until she enrages and i'm like it's not a problem i'm sitting over here gliding in place not going anywhere (laughs) until i fall to my death and so i just slowly flew below like below the platform level as the enrage timer hit and then i died and then you were like yes victory look how good we did that's uh, because it's so like
2: if you because right if you make it to enrage then technically it's just a dps problem right like you've done wrong. yeah
0: that's, <laughs> that's not yeah, a true exactly. statement at all but. but the fact that you were telling me to try and survive that long when i was just off the platform already in the air just like gliding t- like to nowhere i couldn't even move I'm like it was sorry. bugged out and i couldn't move i was move. eating
2: platform i didn't see anything
0: no but that was what was so funny about it you're like try and live and i was like oh I'll be living for at least another 30 <laughs> seconds, trust me, because That's I'm on no man's land, and I can't be hit or do anything.
1: <laughs> That's like, probably the reason was, why she enraged, because she got so ticked off that you're just floating out there. She's like, come back here and let me kill you. Uh,
0: <sighs> na, na, na. Yeah, I know. That was really fun. That was a perfect way to end the night, though. <laughs> like, I got this, guys. I'll definitely survive 20 <laughs> more seconds. Trust me. <laughs> I will, so, say,
2: anyway. I will say my other favorite moment in, in raids recently uh, was the Sabbath I kill last night. We got all the way down to the end, and I died probably with like five or ten seconds left to go. And my friend <laughs> whispered me, and he was like, oh my god, that guy ruined Eternal for you. <laughs> and I was like, it was me!
0: It was me, Barry. <laughs> was I ruined me. Eternal. <laughs> I ruined um, it also- for myself. Oh yeah that was another great thing was our one of our our caller on that on Sabbath or yeah on Sabbath could not pronounce our guildmate's name properly and it was Karuna and he said just about everything other than Karuna all night long like and it started getting different every time like it was Kanua Karuna
2: like, Kaluna Karuna
0: yeah and like then it just started becoming a joke and then it just got more off the rails than that but it was that that was also very funny although i'm sure unintentionally funny at the start Mm -hmm. so yeah did they get to like
1: cora did that person have a legendary (laughs) weapon so that there was a legend of cora
0: hey i'm watching that later tonight by the way um (laughs) non sequitur uh but uh yeah. yeah anyway i think i think that about wraps up what we were going to talk about this episode except there's a cast cast yeah if i'm not mistaken
2: yeah i actually have one this week all right uh, hello and welcome to cast cast the podcast within the podcast but the cast of other podcasts and stuff of with other podcasts i'm sorry about that um this on cast cast there was a thing on reddit that happened over the span of like a week or two where they took a it was essentially a des- design an elite spec but each day they would post a thread about a specific topic and decide on a thing sort of as a whole thread. And then eventually went through and designed an entire Elite spec. Um, I wish I could pull it up for you, I cannot find the link right now, I promise it will be in the show notes when it when it uh, goes live for everyone, because I will find it in a few minutes <laughs> but I can't find it right now for the life of me. They, I know they decided on Thief, and I know... I can't remember if it was like a su- support spec or anything, but if you like that sort of design process and are just interested in you know like designing elite specs in general, it's a really cool, um, nicely archived way of looking through how how they arrived at these decisions and everything. Um, so I found it really interesting, and I, I wanted to share it with everyone. But I'm letting myself down because I didn't find the link ahead of time. Whoops.
0: Womp womp. We'll just put it in the show notes, and I'll put it in the. Notes on the actual podcast. So, alrighty. Well, I think that pretty much wraps up our uh, part two of rating podcasting. So, uh, thanks for joining us this week, Eric, uh, on a last minute cameo. You joined yeah. us when you weren't planning on coming, as opposed to last week when you were planning on coming and didn't come. That's how I roll. Balance has been restored to the force. Yep.
1: You just call uh, me so, Ray. Yep.
0: Just. Well, I'm not going to do that um, <laughs> just because it's something you want. No, uh, but no, seriously, thanks for joining us. And uh, as always, thank you as well, Spirit, for joining joining me on this uh, adventure. And thanks to everybody for listening. And we will be back next week.
2: This has been another episode of Relics of War. If you want to get in touch with us, you can check out our website and forums at relicsofor.com. Email us at relicsofor at gmail.com or find us on your favorite social media site just by searching RelicsofORR. If you'd like to join us in-game, you can send a Whisper or in-game mail to Spiritface or drop us a note on Twitter or our website and say hi. Lastly, if you listen to the podcast on iTunes, feel free to leave us a comment and the rating you feel we deserve.